I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover podcast presented by auburnundercover.com. My name is Nathan King, beat writer for auburnundercover.com. I'm joined today um, on a Tuesday edition. We record on this Tuesday afternoon with Mr. Philip Marshall. Um, as the Auburn program is in, uh, is in an interesting spot right now. They just come off a loss to South Carolina, which we're going to touch on a little bit, and a huge game against Ole Miss this weekend. And, Philip, we were talking a little bit before we started about how a must-win, well, I say that with air quotes, is kind of a silly term um, because unless it's going to end your season right then and there, it's a championship game. Well, it's not a must-win game. Um, but this game feels – kind of like some other games have, have been in Gus Melzon's career because that's just the nature of, of his career at Auburn, how it's been and, and how the Auburn program tends to go, that everything just kind of feels like it's teetering a little bit. Um, and this one really does feel like one of those. It really feels like Auburn's got to go in and get a win at Ole Miss. But before we start talking about that, Philip, um, what really – was it just Bo Nix for you that went wrong against South Carolina? Um, and what kind, of, what kind of other takeaways did you have from that game in terms of um, how Auburn lost that one because it's well, like- you have, I don't think you could ever say it's just anybody. Uh, in the first place, I don't know. In fact, from what I've been told, I don't think that all those interceptions were his fault. He threw it where he was supposed to, and the receiver wasn't where he was supposed to be. And people don't understand sometimes that there's a fine line there. And and, and <clears throat> again, I'm telling you what people have told me: this passing offense is more sophisticated than what they've done in the past and has a lot more of the quarterback and the, and the receiver both reading the defense, and they have to read it the same way. But even if you say all three of them were his fault, I, uh, obviously the three interceptions, you, you have to say were the difference in the game. It, it really, to be honest with you, when I watched the game, there was more difference talent-wise than the two teams than I expected there to be. I mean... That's really a game Auburn should have won handily. And without the three interceptions, they probably would have. Now, but here's the other thing. 47 passes. Now, some of those were in the fourth quarter when they were eight points behind, but some of them when they were, a lot of them were when they were one point behind or even ahead. And, uh, And to be honest, I didn't really even think about Auburn losing the game until it got be 27 tonight. When it was 20 to 19, I didn't have any doubt they were going to probably win the game. But they didn't run the ball that much. They have a great running back. And this is not a slam on on, on uh, Chad Morris, but I, I, I believe this. If Gus Malzahn had been calling the plays in that game, Auburn would have run it 50 times and they would have won. Uh, that's not who Chad Morris has been. Uh, it is Calling, having a play caller is one thing, is, is fine. And Gus should not be calling plays under these circumstances. But what is perfectly within his realm, and if he believes it's what he should do, is he should say to his offensive coordinator, we got to run the ball more. And I feel pretty confident that he's probably done that. They got a great running back. 
They got other good running backs. They, they were knocking South Carolina off the ball. Uh, if they would have run it 40 times instead of 20-something times, it might have made a big difference. They didn't. And uh, uh, but my guess is you're going to see more and more Tank Bigsby. Uh, uh, it seemed like they, they, they took him out for a quarter after he well, he didn't actually fumble. They, they ruled, it, ruled him down. But after that, uh, they took him out. The other thing is about Bo Nix, though. I mean, he he's taking a beating this week, as you and I were talking about before the uh, we started. Uh, far more so than the than, than uh, Corral at Ole Miss, who threw six interceptions and lost a fumble. I mean, that was one. I watched most of, of that game, and that that is one of the worst performances by a quarterback I have ever seen anywhere. But yet he doesn't seem to be being called to account for that much. And, uh, and Bo Nix, who, if you want to say, what's the best thing he's done at Auburn? It's not throw interceptions. I mean, he threw an interception against LSU last year, and the only other one before Saturday was, uh, was on a uh, fourth down. They were going forward on fourth down, and he, and he ended up just throwing it up for grabs down the field, and the Georgia kid really shouldn't have intercepted it. It cost Georgia 30 yards in field position. So interceptions have not been an issue with him. They were Saturday. That happens to the best of them. He also has got to control his emotions better. I think everybody can see that. Uh, and I can't say how much it affects the way he plays, but it seems to, uh, watching from afar. So yeah. anyway, uh, but as you say, this is a – Gigantic game for Gus Malzahn, and it's not by any means a gimme game because Matt Corral's not going to throw six interceptions again. And uh, I, I believe I'm right on this. I believe this is their third home game, I believe, and they scored 35 against Florida and 48 against Alabama. And uh, and from what I'm told by people who know far more than I do. That Lane Kiffin, that you, you watch him play one week and watch him play the next week, and the offense looks completely different. So, uh, other than it's going really fast, so you don't really know what you're going to get when you play them. And uh, I think Auburn would be well served to, to if they can do it, to run the ball and keep uh, and keep Ole Miss offense on the sideline as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that Auburn offensive identity a little bit because over the past two games, you know, Gus Malzahn keeps saying what they've been improving on, and that's been frustrating to fans, I know, to tell him talk about improvements after a loss, but they really have improved in their run blocking over the past two games, and that's, that's due in no small part to the offensive line having some continuity. Um, you know, they went through practice as a starting five this week for the first time in two consecutive game preps all season, all preseason. They're finally together. Um, it's, you know, Chad Morris wants to throw the ball first. He wants to be a pass to set up the run offense. But when you look at Tank Bigsby and what he's done so far and these gaping holes he's had in the run, he's a great tackle breaker, but he's also had some huge, huge holes. And then DJ Williams has been really, really good kind of to spell him. And then Sean Shivers will be back soon. Do you think this is a week where we're going to see, I mean, Ole Miss has the worst run defense in the SEC. It has the third worst in the country. We talked about it a few podcasts ago, that time that Coach Dye just said, we're going to run it you know, no matter what, and he ran it a million times against Mississippi State. Is this going to be an example of, of that kind of game where 
Auburn, you know, they, they know they can't lose this game. They absolutely cannot for Gus Malzahn, for the team, for everything. Um, are they just going to do whatever it takes and say, you know what, we're just going to take a lot of pressure off Bo um, and just run the ball like 50 times? Is that something you could see actually happening in this game? Well, I see him running it and throwing play-action passes. That's a logical thing to me to do. I think that uh, from where I look at it, probably a good number of passes in this game would probably be 12 to 15. Maybe. I mean, you can't just run it every time because they'll put nine people in the box and have more there than you can block. But, uh, but, uh, will Chad Morris do that? Has he been told to do that? I don't know. Uh, I would think he's been told to do that. And, uh, to me, the good offensive coordinators take advantage of, uh, of what they have. And right now, the running game looks to be the most consistent part of their game. Offensive line-wise, running back-wise, all of it. And you also have got a real, a definite running threat at quarterback, too. So, to me, it would make very little sense to not go in and run the ball with the worst run defense in the SEC. I I don't know why you would – I mean, Kentucky had – Kentucky lost to them 35 to 34, but they had 400 yards rushing. And Kentucky's no, you know, running game powerhouse, averaging 300 yards a game or something. And uh, so we'll see. I would look for Auburn to run it a lot more. I couldn't imagine any reason why they wouldn't unless they get out there and for some reason, you know, if Ole Miss just stacks the box and makes them throw it, well, then you got to take advantage of that. Uh, but you got to – to take advantage of it and hit those passes when they're, when they're giving it to you. And do you think this is something that I've been kind of fighting people on over the past few days? Um, Just kind of me observing, you kind of talked about it before with the way Auburn was kind of better at every position in terms of talent on, on both sides of the ball. I thought Auburn's defense played really well against South Carolina until they started getting put in bad positions. Um, They only allowed one long drive all game long. It was a 75 yard touchdown drive. But all the other touchdowns came in Auburn territory. That's not an excuse. You still want your defense to play better and step up after those picks. But do you? what is your opinion right now of this Auburn defense? It's kind of a, a wishy-washy uh, thought process that a lot of people have on them there right now. An Auburn coach who show remained nameless told me it was their best game and that they got better. Uh, yes, you would like to make them kick field goals on, on some of those turnovers for sure. But when you give up the ball with the 29, give up the ball at the eight, that's hard. And uh, But let me say one thing about the offense before we get completely away from that. They had almost 500 yards. They had over 200 yards rushing and 272 yards passing. Anybody that can say that's not an improvement over what they had seen. And, of course, you always make – you know, I think, I think South Carolina – is probably not not quite as good as Kentucky and is better than Arkansas. So I, I think that uh, that that uh, that was impressive. And like I said, without the interceptions, I think it would really look impressive and would probably be over 500 yards. But anyway, back to the defense. That's what I was told. I think that uh, South Carolina came into that game wanting to uh, wanting to live on the run and couldn't do it. And uh, so I think the defensive line had this probably one of his best games. Uh, 
uh, you know, they, much has been made about the trash talking by the secondary. Uh, and it didn't look good, though I probably don't pay as much attention to that as some people do. I, I, you don't, because really, you don't, you don't, who starts it, you don't know. You don't know what somebody from South Carolina said to somebody or, or vice versa. I mean, you don't know. And it seems to be kind of a part of the modern game. But they, they did get too, it got, it went over the line. I don't question that at all. But uh, I don't see it as a huge deal. I don't see it as any kind of sign of some kind of trouble. Uh, but uh, I thought they had two, two interference calls that were really, especially the last one, the one on Roger McCrary on last one. I didn't think that was interference at all. And uh, I wish there was some way to be consistent on calling pass interference, but I, I guess there's not. But uh, so, yeah, I think the defense got better, but this is a different kind of challenge here for the defense now. I mean, they might play really well and still give up 30 plus points. It certainly can happen. So, because uh, Ole Miss is, they're going to have a, they're going to have a lot of crack. They try to try to get a lot of times at bat by playing so fast. But in doing that, they give you more times at bat too. So that's why teams have most teams have somewhat slowed down from the start to finish hyper hyper fast playing because it's really 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 hard on your defense when you do that. Yeah, yeah. I think Lane Kiffin is kind of just. I mean, I, I was speaking to the Ole Miss people today over at their 24-7 side about our Q&A this week, and they said, you know, they think when Ole Miss is able to get in three or four, two, three, four recruiting classes for Lane Kiffin, that this is a program that could really start competing for the West. But right now, you're just trying to run Jeff Lebby's offense. You're just trying to get things um, as fast and as complicated as possible and just try to score as many points as possible. We'll kind of talk about the challenge that, that Ole Miss presents because it's one of the more complex offenses in the country on the other side of a break um, here right now. You're listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. I'm Nathan King here with Philip Marshall discussing Auburn's upcoming game against Ole Miss that is huge for a lot of reasons. Um, and it's a game that Auburn is favored in right now, opened as nearly a touchdown favorite, which kind of surprised me. 
Um, but this is a really, really complicated Ole Miss offense that has given people a lot of problems. They didn't have a great game against Arkansas, but that's because they had so many turnovers. But uh, as Philip was talking about before, you're not going to see that quarterback do that again. And so you're, you're kind of looking at Auburn's defensive performance against South Carolina. As Philip said, it, it could have been their best one all season. And now you're looking to build off of that uh, going into this game, Philip. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, uh, this is a trying game. I don't know if I would agree with our state colleagues from Ole Miss that Ole Miss is on the verge of contending for the West Division Championship. I mean, a few years, a few years down the road, a few years well, down the road. It's never happened yet. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and recruiting class or not, if they're going to continue playing that fast, they're going to give up a lot of points. And, uh, uh that's just the no, there's no way around it. Playing fast is great at times, but you need to, if you can't, if that's all you can do. And, uh, and you know, I, no, I don't think he's going to throw six interceptions again, nor do I think Bo Nix is going to throw three interceptions again. Uh, but uh, it is certainly a game that Auburn people expect to win for kind of the reasons I just said. It's Ole Miss. Uh, I mean, Auburn's lost to them a few times, but uh, they, Auburn people think they're supposed to beat Ole Miss. And, they, and probably, and again, I think you'll see that Auburn's got more players than Ole Miss. I don't think there's any question about that. But the offense is so different. Auburn's offense better be on its game. It better not turn the ball over, and it better be able to run the ball. I don't think they want to get in an all-out shootout with Ole Miss. That's where they're comfortable. And uh, the other thing I want, you know, you know, it's easy when you're first-year program, first-year coach, to just really take it a game at a time. I, you know, nobody at Ole Miss thought that they were going to win the West this year. And uh, so they can, they can deal with being one and three easier than Auburn's dealing with being two and two because Auburn went into this season – with, with big expectations. And they can at least right now say, well, you know, we, if, if we win our games, you never know. You know, we got a shot at, at Alabama and uh, maybe somebody else will beat them too. And, uh, and we, could still, we could still be there in the mix at the end. Uh, Ole Miss was never thinking that. And if Auburn loses to Ole Miss, then that's over. Then they can't even delude themselves into believing they have a chance. It's over. It's done with. And that's hard. That's very hard. And the, and players know the situation. They know how much better they were than South Carolina. And that's hard to swallow when you lose a game like that. And uh, and I I feel certain that neither Auburn players or, or coaches did it ever cross their mind that they might lose. And until they did. And, uh, and you can say all you want to, interceptions, this, that, talent, whatever. South Carolina won the game. And that's there forevermore. Uh, was similar in some ways to me to the Tennessee game two years ago in Auburn, when a, a, a definitely inferior t- Tennessee team, that wasn't as good as this South Carolina team. Uh, and, and Jeremy Pruitt's first season went to Auburn and beat them. That was a, uh, that was a bad loss that hurt Gus at the time. And and at the end of that season, there was a uh, there was a definite move about among powerful people to try to make a change. And uh, and I don't have much question that if, if they lose Saturday, 
uh, you're going to see more of the same. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up and likened it to the 2018 Tennessee game because that's actually what I was talking about to somebody before the South Carolina game thinking, okay, it kind of feels like that where it's like you definitely can't lose this game. Granted, I don't think a lot of people before Tennessee, similar to the South Carolina game, not a lot of people thought that was actually going to happen, like you said. Auburn players yeah, didn't think they Especially yeah. that would come to Auburn and win. And, right. uh, no, they didn't expect it. And uh, I think – I think Gus Malzahn in his moment of uh, moments of I, I don't want to use the word honesty because I'm not saying he's usually not honest, but I, I think he would tell you that that's one of the that's one of the hardest losses he's ever had, and I think he would also tell you that last Saturday was one of the hardest losses he's ever had. I guess we're going to kind of the way I look at it, I think we're going to kind of get the deal breaker between those two games. Which one is worse? Um, if Auburn ends up losing at Ole Miss. Because coincidentally enough, back in 2018, the game after Tennessee, like you said, I remember that week being on campus and, and just the way everything felt and kind of the, the buzz about it was trending one specific way. Um, and then Auburn went to Oxford and they slowed down Jordan Tamu in a, in a pretty good Ole Miss offense. I don't think they were this good. But they slowed him down. They won that game, I think, 31-16, something like that. And now you're in the same exact situation in a completely must-win game. You know, not that we're going by that term, but a game that really, really feels like um, if you lose it, then things are going to start to take a turn for the worse. And so, Philip, I guess I'll just kind of end by um, asking you in your best, most politically correct way to address it. Um, the kind of tough question is if Auburn does end up losing this game, it's Ole Miss. And obviously we'll talk about it a lot more if they actually do instead of just sitting here and speculating. But if they do lose this game to Ole Miss, what do you think the beginning of the following week would look like and what would the feeling be like would it be the worst feeling of the Gus Malzahn era in terms of feeling like a change is about to happen because this happened a million times where we've we've done the same silly song and dance I, I think I think it might be one more game uh after that I think if they came back home and lost LSU for the fourth straight time okay uh that's what I think now as far as the masses go It'll be horrible. There's no question about it. And it was horrible this week. Uh, it was, uh, I, you know, I've, I've said this a million times, and it's true. I, I, I understand being disappointed about football games. I have a hard time with being people being angry about football games to the point where it becomes a personal thing. Because, as I've told many people, I assure you, no matter how much you think you wanted Auburn to win that game, you didn't want to win it as much as those guys on the field wanted to win it, and those coaches wanted to win it. But, uh, uh, but nevertheless, I mean, there comes a time. You, you know, this is what's happened to Gus to me. He he beats Alabama last season as going to the to the uh, Capital One Bowl or Citrus Bowl, I guess it's called now, with a uh, with a chance to win the game. Finished with 10 wins, finished close to the top five, probably. And they lose to a team similar to Saturday. Lose to a team that there's just no way they should lose to. That they that just doesn't have as good of players as they got. And, you know, that's happened to Gus. It, you know, the 2017 season was a great year by any measure. I mean, they went... Went ten and two. Back in my old days, people didn't even really talk about bowl games when they talked about the uh, record. They'd say you went ten and two, or they went ten and two in the regular season. Won, 
won the West, might well have won it all with Kerryon Johnson hadn't gotten hurt. And, and I think people gave him a, pretty much of a pass on the SEC championship game because of that. And, uh, but then you go to the Peach Bowl, and it, uh, now Central Florida had a lot of great players. They did, but they, did, they weren't as good as Auburn. They shouldn't have beaten Auburn. And, but they did, and all of a sudden, what had been a, an exhilarating season looked like a, uh, it ended in, in great disappointment. And then the contract thing came. And look, I don't in any way blame Jimmy Sexton or Gus Malzahn. If somebody offers you that contract, you take it. Why wouldn't you? Uh, but that hurt, I believe that that without question hurt him in the eyes of Auburn fans and supporters. And because then it became, okay, well, we're going to pay you this, and that's what we, we expect you to be there contending for a championship every year. And then here comes 2018, which was should have been a good year, but the offense was just completely dysfunctional. And, uh, and it wasn't. And uh, gave up 52 points at Alabama. And then, like I said, if there had been no buyout, it would have been interesting to see, or, or a normal buyout, it would have been interesting to see what, what would have happened. Uh, I don't know, obviously, and we'll never know. But I think that these two games, even if he beats Ole Miss, he needs to beat LSU at home, especially this LSU that has not shown to be very good and, uh, at this point. Who do they play Saturday? Uh, LSU. You know? They, they didn't play. They, I know. Coming up Saturday. Uh, I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Keep talking well, and I'll and I'll find it. <laughs> but uh that's uh both of those games and uh if Auburn were to be one and four, uh, you know COVID, financial issues, all that, uh <laughs> it would be tough. It would be a tough time. And uh I don't I don't don't suggest I know what would happen. But uh, if you lose those two games and now you have a deflated team that's expected to be playing for something and it's the only thing they're playing for is to try to avoid having a losing season. And uh, uh, that would be tough. Yeah. And so LSU plays South Carolina, which is – so that that's kind of an interesting uh, interesting uh, head-to-head there. LSU's got a lot better players than South Carolina does too, but yeah. they haven't played like it. And yeah. uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm assuming that game's in Baton Rouge. It is, yeah. So that one's in Baton Rouge. So again, that should be kind of a. I would think LSU would win that game. Oh yeah, I think they need to, or else they're one and three. You know. Yeah. Just like right. Auburn could be at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. It's uh, again, it's an interesting, interesting to say the least. Next, I mean, the next two weeks, honestly, the next month of this Auburn season, like you were saying, it's got to turn around to a point when you're pl- where you're playing for something. Um, at the end, instead of just playing, well, at least play to have, to have a really good year. I mean, if you're if you go into the Alabama game, well, that would be their night game. So if you go, if you were to go into the Alabama game six and two, even if they hadn't lost, and even if you're, uh, it'd be kind of like last year. Uh, you're still playing to have a really good year and go to a really good bowl. If that were to happen, it's going to be hard for that to happen because all these games. Almost all of them 
are can go either way. And, and what usually happens when you play a lot of games that go either way, about half of them go one way and half of them go the other. So it's going to be it's going to be a very interesting finish. But it, it feels strange to be so close, seemingly so close to the finish after four games. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it does. <laughs> it really does. But but uh, and I do think that it's a major difference for a lot of people that you don't get you don't get any of those games where you can kind of take a deep breath and the scrubs can play the whole second half. You don't, you, you don't get any of those this year. I mean, Auburn probably has already played the two weakest teams that's going to play, which is uh, Arkansas and, uh, and Ole Miss. And I, you know, I'd look for reality to strike Arkansas here. I mean, they, they could have lost, they could have lost Ole Miss despite intercepting six passes. And, uh, so, uh, um, but that's that's another story. But I, I I do think that I think Auburn is 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 one and two barely against the one and one barely against the two the two two worst teams they played. On the other hand, their most impressive game was probably the first one against, without any question, the best team they played in Kentucky. Well, besides Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You're right. No. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just comparing them to Arkansas and uh, right, right, and they yeah they not as good as Georgia. I don't think they've been playing really well, but uh, uh, but it's just every week is different. And Auburn is going to be apparently healthier this week than they've been probably since that first game. And uh, I I would feel pretty confident that they would win this game if it was against a. Uh, normal team, so to speak, but all this stuff Ole Miss does on offense. And uh, uh, they, the, the Auburn's offense had better keep on keep on improving and they better better be able to run the ball and, and, and dominate the time of possession. Yep. They, that's, can't, they can't, they're probably going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's not a game I think where Auburn, just shown by their passing attack and how inconsistent it's been. It's been good in spots, but I don't think you can – go toe-to-toe and attract me like that with Ole Miss with a uh, – And I, a, I really think, and this was kind of based on something I, uh, I saw a quote from, from Chad Morrison. I'm not sure. I guess it's something he said on – I don't know where he talked. Uh, maybe it was talking to the TV people before I heard it. I don't remember. But he said something about Ole Miss, uh, South Carolina's passive defense and said that should give us a real opportunity. I think he went into that game thinking they could light up over the South Carolina's past defense. I think that's really one of the things that happened. And and they threw 272 yards, but three interceptions changed everything. And then yeah. the penalties on defense. I mean, that's the one thing about where the defense did not improve is the penalties they got. Uh, that was – I mean, it kept, I think, four, four drives. I think four of them were on third down, and it kept drives live. I mean, that's back-breaking right there. Yeah, I believe it was nine, nine penalties for 89 yards, so maybe yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. But it's, So still, this is going to be the halfway point of the season, which, like Phillips said, it's, it's kind of bizarre to think about. We're only halfway through, but yet it, we can kind of see the finish line. And it's, it's, just, it's a very strange season. I mean, we're just glad to be playing football here in the first place, but I don't think Auburn fans thought – that they were going to be trying to figure as many things out as they still are heading into game five. But we're going to have all the, the preview coverage of Ole Miss. It's obviously going to be a huge, huge game for not only Auburn's season this year to just try to get better and be a better team, but just for the state of the Auburn program 
overall. So definitely keep it locked at AuburnUndercover.com. We're going to have some great coverage ahead of that game. And after that game, we're really, really excited for what the rest of this week is going to bring. So for my partner over there, Philip Marshall, uh, my name is Nathan King. Thank you guys for tuning in today. And we will. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.